Hi, this is Rob Van Nood. Before we hear from Jen Cady, Daisy Steele, and Matt Woodard about the amazing collaboration that was this year's online auction, I wanted to acknowledge the historic nature of our time. It's a time of uncertainty, anxiousness, and fear for a lot of people. As we finish up the first week of remote learning, we're finding out that the Catlin community will continue learning from home until at least May 4th. So we really are just at the beginning of what feels like the unknown. And, amongst all of this, we can still find moments of wonder and joy. On Monday, I was in the middle of 10 different emails and requests from teachers, and I could feel a tension in my body that was just sitting there in my stomach like a pile of rocks. But, at some point in the day, I looked down, and I saw a trail of ants making their way across the floor by my feet. When I recognized that those ants had no clue whatsoever about what was happening in the world of humans, I was able to let out a sigh of relief and relax a little bit. Nature was giving me an opportunity to stop thinking and just be in the world. A few days later, a close friend hosted a virtual birthday party and asked everyone to bake a cake. So there we were, a group of friends and family who much rather all be together in close proximity than practicing physical distancing, sharing a smile, some cake, and a song. As we head into spring break, I want to try something a little different. I'm asking people from our community, teachers, students, parents, staff members, administrators, to submit short audio clips, about a minute long or less, that reveal moments of joy, wonder, and delight from the time that we're apart. I'll take all those pieces and weave them together into podcasts that I'll share a week or two after spring break. It can be something from your learning experience, like the time Larry Hurst, my son's sixth grade science teacher, showed up for a Zoom class wearing a wig and not saying anything about it at all. Huxley got a lot of laughs out of that. Or it could be a moment with a family member, or a song you heard, or a poem you wrote. You can then either email it to me at elevate at catlin.edu, or find a link in the description of this podcast that will bring you to a Google Drive folder where you can upload it. In a moment, you'll get a chance to hear about the power of collaboration as the school pivoted from an in-person to an online auction. But first I wanted to read a poem that a friend sent to me early in the week from an Irish Franciscan named Brother Richard Hendricks. You might have already read it, it's gone viral, but it is worth repeating. Poem's called Lockdown. Yes, there's fear. Yes, there's isolation. Yes, there's panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But... They say in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family around them. They say that at a hotel in west of Ireland, there is offering of free meals and delivery to the housebound. Today, a young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number through the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. Today, churches, synagogues, mosques, and temples are preparing to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, the weary. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality. 
to how big we really are, to how little control we really have, to what really matters, to love. So we pray and we, re- we remember that, yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there's isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is panic buying, but there does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death, but there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices you make as to how you to live now. Today, breathe. Listen behind the factory noises of your panic. The birds are singing again. The sky is clearing. Spring is coming, and we are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul, and though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. I remember Mia Bain um, had given me a headset um, so that Mia, myself, and Matt could talk during um, during the live stream and communicate. And I remember just turning off that headset or pulling it off my ears for a minute and taking a deep breath right before Matt cued us to go live. And I had this overwhelming sense of nerve that came over my body. I was like, oh, just keep it together, Jen. This is going to go off with the hitch. And then I heard Matt and he calmed me down. I was like, he's got this. Like, I trust in him. I trust in Daisy. Their team is solid. We've all come together in support of one another. Like, this is going to happen and it's going to be great. My name is Rob Van Nood, and you're listening to the second season of Elevate, a podcast about big ideas, little projects, and everything in between. Educators and students share their short elevator pitch size stories to raise your awareness of everything that is going on here at Catlin Gable School. Hi, I'm Daisy Steele. I'm the technology at Catlin Gable School. I'm Matt Woodard. I'm the AV specialist in the IT department at Catlin Gable. And I am Jen Katie, the events director at Catlin Gable. Um, And I guess I'll kick us off. Um, I guess to start, uh, primarily my main event that I coordinate for Catlin Gable every year um, is the auction. And this year it uh, took a turn. Um, (laughs) You know, usually the Catlin Gable auction is an event that takes um, an entire year to plan. And it's a live event. Uh, This year it was supposed to be held at the Portland Art Museum. And it's got a lot of elements. The auction, um, the auction in and of it, in and of itself, when it's a live event in person, is a huge collaborative effort amongst the advancement team and other departments around Catlin Gable. Um, but this year, this year was unique. Um, <laughs> we had to pivot in a big way, and um, it it was a successful outcome in the end. But it was definitely a process um, in which I think not only myself, but my entire team learned a lot from. And, um, and I really am grateful for the experience. And I was able to partner heavily with departments that we never really 
had that much, um, that much partnership with. I got to really uh, get to work closely with IT and also um, teachers and students, which is out of the ordinary for our um, our department. Um, and <laughs> I, I got to say, you know, um, this um, this pivot was a big shock, right? Um, we had to definitely re-strategize within a 48-hour time period. And it there was a lot of moving parts. Um, you know, we literally decided to cancel the live in-person event uh, three days before um, before it was supposed to happen. And I think there was a lot of uncertainty. It was scary. Um, this is a really critical fundraiser for the school. Um, and there was a lot on the line. If we didn't hold this event, it meant a lot programmatically for our students. Um, and it meant a lot for us just in general as a community. And so we had to rethink really quick on what that was going to look like. Um, and again, I can't stress enough um, about the partnership that this took and, uh, and the team effort that went into just being able to pivot on a dime. And so uh, Could I interrupt for a second, Jen? Yeah. Um, I'm curious to hear a little bit about uh, when, you, when you guys are all meeting, um, planning like, okay, we're going to go ahead with this. And we're going to we're going to try to do this pivot. And this seems really scary. And we've never done this before. Um, and knowing that you're going to have to pull in all these other people. How did you start thinking about just delegating out? And, you know, it, it seems like you're going to you, you're kind of controlling this thing. And suddenly you're going to have to pull in all these people and just really trust other people to follow through. You, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So you. It really, um, to your point, it really meant a lot of um, of trusting skill set of your team, right, and and other departments, and trying to decipher what made sense and um, and how to deploy. Um, so we literally had Ali and I, Ali Katu, she's the assistant events director at Catlin Gable. She was my lockstep partner in this. Um, and we really had to sit down and decide, like, who was going to take on what roles. This this event now looked completely different. And there was things out of our control that we had no understanding about how, like, functionally this could work. Um, and so we realized quite quickly that there was going to need to be a new strategy around communication. So we had to rely on um, Sarah Nordoff's team. We had to, you know, enlist help from our volunteers. We had two amazing co-chairs this year, Robin Jansen and Gina Wand. Um, great parent leadership on their part. And we were asking a lot of them that looked a lot differently than it had all year long. Um, we really needed their expertise in engaging with the community and keeping morale. So that was huge. We also... Um, needed to think through what components of a live stream were necessary. And again, this was a field Ali and I had no experience in. And so we really needed to, to lean on and rely on the skills of our IT team and talk us through that. And there were 
there, I mean, the turnaround was so quick. Um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to ask questions. Right. Um, and we completely had full trust in the IT department and Matt Woodard and Daisy Steele and, and Rob Van Nude and, and all of the team that they were going to help us get through any bumps and any uncertainty that we had. Um, and, and then our advancement team too, right? Like we needed to really be able to understand what everybody could bring to the table. I mean, there needed to be logistics that were managed. Uh, Michael Oresti and Leah Trescar did a really good job in that area. Um, we realized our comms department um, was so busy managing email communication and um, and things of that nature in you know pushing out to the parents that we we really needed a social media um, angle too. And who was going to manage that if we were overwhelming comms with, with the jobs that they were taking on for us. So, um, you know, we were lucky in that we had Corrine, um, Corrine Kadian in our office or Kadian, Corrine Kadian. She um, had experience in previous jobs running social media. So we, we quickly put her on that. Um, there was a lot of copy and content management that needed to take place for the program itself. And so we were able to rely on Amanda Cowart um, and other people on our team to take care of that. You know, and then again, you have another IT element that on the spot we quickly realized needed to needed to take shape, and that was troubleshooting the guest experience. People were logging on. They were having questions about how to register, um, how to how to get their credit cards put into the system. These were all like IT tech troubleshooting things that really needed um, adjustment on the spot quickly. And so we had IT team helping support that. And then we also had people from the advancement team, Brian Davies and Owen Norval, who really stepped up to that challenge. And they were able to create a call center for our guests to call into and find that support. So before, um, um, was there ever a time that you guys were like, we're going to pull the plug? Are you really close to just saying we can't do this? Um, or did you just pull ahead and just say, you know, we're going to figure out how to do this no matter what? I mean, what, what was your thinking there in, in, within that, you know, small window of time? Yeah, it, there was definitely a moment of, of uh, let's let's hit exit real quick. <laughs> Let's push that button because it's scary, right? Like um, we were we were walking into um, uncharted ter uncharted territory, and um, you know, I was really grateful, Matt. I had a, a side conversation with him offline just about length of this program, right? The original program, had it been live at the Portland Art Museum, was set to be about two hours long. And when Allie and I sat down and structured the run of show for the program, even though it was going to be virtual, we were still logging at about a two-hour time frame. And Matt quickly reminded me that, hey, that can't happen. Like, you know, that's it's probably not recommended. A virtual live stream is typically within the realm of like 30 minutes. So that was a scary thought. Like, how am I going to take a two-hour program and raise the money that is critical for, for our goal in only 30 minutes, you know? Um, but we kind of had to pause, take a deep breath and 
come to terms with that. This isn't going to be a perfect program and something's going to have to get cut. Something's going to have to go. And what were those elements that were going to get cut? So um, as a team, we collectively strategized around um, new program elements. And in partnership with the IT department, we were able to to get our program down to what we thought was going to be a reasonable time frame for people to want to sit through, watch, and support. Um, so yeah, there was definitely at that moment of we can't we can't do this. Let's let's hold off till next year. <laughs> right. So Daisy, I'm going to pull you in for a minute. Um, at what point did you get uh, pulled into the conversation, and and what step did you end up taking to move things forward? Yes. Yeah, so it was a busy time because we were also closing, I think at that point, getting prepared to close. So the IT team was already quite busy trying to figure out how to help people start thinking about remote learning and getting devices and software pieces in place. Uh, so we had lots of questions about that. But Jen said, is there any way we can do this? checked in with me, talked back and forth. And at first we were thinking, we're not really sure we can solve that quick. That's a really time and it's a huge event that normally would take weeks and weeks to figure out. But then Jen came to me again and said, is there a way we could do it with some contracted people? And that's when we pulled Matt in and Matt on remote said, well, we can't pull somebody in, so I think we need to do it. And so we all when kept talking through it and finally agreed, yes, we, we just have to make this happen. And I, as the director, will support whatever needs to happen to make it happen. So Matt, how about you? What, what were you thinking? Well, at first, honestly, I thought like, wow, there's no way I can pull this off. Um, <laughs> and Jen came in like just before four o'clock on Wednesday with Michael and they just kind of pitched the idea. And at that point it was like, what if we have to do this? It wasn't like we're doing this. It was just like, what, if, what if we had to take this auction virtual, what would it take? How much time would you need to plan? And I think at first, you know, Daisy and I just kind of talked really quickly back and forth thinking like, well, you know, if we had a week and if I had, you know, this, this team of people, I kind of listed off some people that I would want to help. If we had a week to plan it, I, I feel like we could do a good job. Um, and then I think I've, after I was driving home, I got a call. It's like, so what if we had to do it in two days? <laughs> um, and I thought, well, you know what? I think we can do it. Um, and I've the last two years, we've live streamed our senior graduation. Um, so I've had, you know, a lot of experience live streaming, you know, pretty high scale events uh, with multiple camera setups with lots of people involved with the whole production team. Um, we've been this year and last year, we've been live streaming our parent faculty association town halls. So we've, we've done this enough that I'm pretty comfortable with the technology and I'm confident that we have the people that can pull it off. So once we decided that it was go time, I just, I got really excited because I, you know, I just, this is kind of what, just what I love doing. I love putting on events. I love, um, doing the tech, especially for events and just making things happen, especially from a production standpoint. That's just really fun for me. So I think also that we need to make sure we mention our amazing tech theater tech team. We have Mia Bain is the director of theater tech 
as well as she had students, Audrey and Eric. And Matt, what was the other student? Ezra. Ezra, who were all amazing and talented and really brought the visual side to the house as well. Definitely. And it really was a collaboration of all of those things, plus development and communication, really a huge part of the school being involved to make everything happen. So yeah, and, uh, go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was just going to say, um, Jen really gave us a lot of creative license and it was very clear that she trusted us to get the job done. Um, there were times even the day of the show, we were making changes to how things look visually. And I was like, well, what if we do this? And Jen and Allie were just like, oh yeah, that looks great. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, I think that's, um, you know, in all honesty, I think the greatest thing that I've experienced working at Catlin so far um, is this this flexibility amongst our coworkers to just adapt, right? And I think it's something we tell our students every day. And to see that working so constructively and so beautifully in these moments of stress just amongst colleagues was really gratifying to see. And, you know, to Daisy's point, you know, it, it really took every ounce of effort from so many people, including students. And so from a fundraising perspective, when when we're in the advancement office working so hard to support programs, support students every day, and then to actually get to work with them and see our work like transpire so interpersonally in front of my eyes, it was the best part of the whole event for me, getting to work in tandem with these students, with Mia Bain, with the IT team. I mean, it really was a full circle experience. And there was a moment when I first decided that we needed to go virtual, I was telling my teammates I was having an out-of-body experience. Like I couldn't believe this year of work was all of a sudden in a 36-hour time period changing before my eyes. And how was that going to translate into dollars for the school? And then I remember Mia Bain um, had given me a headset um, so that Mia, myself, and Matt could talk during um, during the live stream and communicate. And I remember just turning off that headset or pulling it off my ears for a minute and taking a deep breath right before Matt cued us to go live. And I had this overwhelming sense of nerve that came over my body. I was like, oh, just keep it together, Jen. This is going to go off with the hitch. And then I heard Matt and he calmed me down. I was like, he's got this. Like, I trust in him. I trust in Daisy. Their team is solid. We've all come together in support of one another. Like this is going to happen, and it's going to be great. <laughs> and it was. I think a so, real big key was communication. That everybody had ideas, and everyone was listening to each other, uh, and taking that in. So an example was toward as we were doing a full run through of every package and every piece with the auctioneers and Matt and everybody who was going to be involved. We had some something happened where we could tell that there was a delay between bidding and the screen for the YouTube. And, and to get that across and say, we have to make a change, we have to announce the bidders at the end rather than after each package was super important. And so it just was an example of, wait, 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 we, gotta, we have to change this and people being willing to listen and pivot constantly through the whole 48 hours. I think that was really key. And, said, oh, that's not important, or I don't need to hear that. Like everybody really had their antenna up 
And so I think that was super important. And just Daniel and Justin, who are in behind the scenes, Daniel on phones, Nina on phones, Justin checking the network constantly, uh, every, Johnny monitoring. Uh, again, a lot of pieces in the background, but we were all communicating in a variety of ways to make that happen. And the theme of the night really was pivoting. Who who was it that made the shirts? Oh, the coach. Awesome. Yeah, the co-chairs, Gina and Robin. Yeah, they made those for the whole team. <laughs> yeah, we had the, we had these shirts that every the whole team was wearing that said "Stay calm and pivot." <laughs> yeah, it was great. It really was the theme of the night for sure. You know, and and I loved what Daisy's saying about that internal structure of communication that was just so. Um, random, right? Like nobody could plan for some of the stuff that we had to encounter on the spot. I mean, I remember there was one moment in time where the auctioneer Misty was having an issue with her iPad and her iPad was there to support her seeing the bids come through. And Johnny, Johnny instantaneously came up to me and told me what I needed to do. And the minute that there was a pause in the program and I was able to run up on stage, I think there was one point even Johnny and myself were up there trying to refresh her screen but it was these unexpected things that you couldn't plan for. And to be able to have um, a team who could instantaneously react and execute and, and support was so vital. It was so critical um, into, into the success. Um, and I have to say, you know, I'm super proud of the outcome because it's really um, shined a bright, positive light on Catlin Gable within the outside communities. We've got so many nonprofits, um, different organizations, different schools calling us now and wanting to use what we were able to execute as a template. And I think um, that's such an honor and it speaks to what we've been able to do as a cohesive group. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm talking to some of these organizations and I couldn't be more proud. And I'm saying things like, I have an amazing IT team. Oh my gosh, our theater department, Mia Bain and her students, like they were incredible. Our comms team and just the 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 positive reaction that people have had to this has been such a, such a bright light. So have you gotten any feedback from the rest of the community um, that were involved online? I'm a, I, I know there was a an ongoing chat feed that was happening that was pretty uh, active. I think we have a pretty awesome community of parents, alumni, friends of the school. Um, I think in a in a time of of crisis when they know the, the school needed some support, they really rallied together, um, and they were excited. They were excited to support in this way. Um, I think. I think that the program itself was so engaging. I think the team did such a good job creating an experience for people that that also um, the guest experience was positive. Um, and I love that people were able to chat during the live stream. I mean, reading back through some of those comments, I don't know, Matt, if you had a chance to read through and Daisy some of those um some of what, what the community was chattering back and forth about, but it was hysterical. <laughs> and then Tim doing cartwheels and Barbara doing the worm. I mean, it had so much, it had so much entertainment, you know, that went into it. Um, and people loved it. Does that and one thing that I, go ahead, I'm Matt. sorry. One thing that I really liked about 
just the whole experience is oftentimes when you plan a big event like this, especially when it's like a, almost like a theatrical event, when you have a lot of time to plan, it can almost become overproduced and people have a lot of ideas and there's kind of a, almost like a self-editing process that happens before the event. But because we had so little time to plan this, I mean, we were, we were coming up with ideas eight, (laughs) eight hours, four hours, three hours before we went live. And people were just like, (laughs) that sounds like a great idea. Let's just run with it. And a lot of them just turned out so well is because people were just running with that creativity. Um, Another thing that really helped the night was just the chemistry between the two auctioneers. Um, Misty and Amanda were just awesome on stage and just had Mm -hmm. so much fun. And then people like Amanda Cowart put together those vignettes in between, (laughs) which was great for technical reasons because it gave us an opportunity, you know, if we needed to troubleshoot something for 20 or 30 seconds, like I think there was one point where Jen had to run up and help uh, Misty with something. So we used those vignettes as a way to go up and, you know, seamlessly get through those little technical glitches, but also just gave them a break and just gave, you know, some little brief entertainment breaks between the main show. And uh, I think they turned out really well and people had a really good reaction. So Daisy, uh, I'm sorry, Jen, one, one last question um, before we kind of wrap this up. Um, moving forward, what do you think you can take from this experience um, to bring to auctions in the future? I just, I've been to a few captions um, you know, at the end of the night, people kind of leave and, you know, there's kind of the, the, the staff and, and crew that are there breaking things down and being able to be in uh, and around everybody at the end of the night of this auction. It felt very much like a party. I mean, there was this kind of exuberant feeling in the air, um, which seemed like a great uh, end thing for everybody that put it on it's kind of like the end of a theatrical piece like matt was talking about you kind of have come together um that feels a lot different than maybe an end of an auction where you're having to now put chairs away and things like that (laughs) any any thoughts of what we could bring um to auctions in the future maybe using some of these same elements yeah um well for one i you know, I'm thinking back and and debriefing on my own after auction ended, I loved that we were able to cast a wider net, right? Like um, to your point, auction um, in a live event um, is, it's very disconnected from the rest of the community. It's a segment of the population that's represented. And I loved that this gave the opportunity um, to incorporate a bigger audience and more of our community. It almost felt uh, more, it, well, it was more inclusive, right? Like everybody could access this. Everybody was able to touch this event. And to me, that's super important in terms of being able to run an event, right? And it's hard with fundraising sometimes because um, fundraising, just the nature of the beast, it can feel super exclusive. So I think also um, this ability to do mobile bidding, um, that's a really fun, new, unique experience that our community had never um, had access to. Um, And so, you know, I think um, just that whole technology side of things really ramped up the potential around what auction could look like in the future and especially what what it was for this year. Thanks for listening to this episode of Elevate. If you have questions, ideas, or want to share your story, please send us an email. Elevate at catlin.edu.